It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, Hong Kong reports more than 8,000 new COVID infections. A sports association questions the government's decision to limit the number of participants in sporting events. And severe tropical storm Ma On leaves Hong Kong largely unscathed. Hong Kong's daily COVID figure has hit its highest level in almost five months. A total of 8,579 new infections were confirmed today, 297 of them imported. Albert Al from the Centre for Health Protection expects a number of new cases to pass the 10,000 mark again soon. We noticed that there is an accelerated speed of, of increase of cases in Hong Kong locally in the past few days. And there is a quite rapid increase in the number of cases, indicating that the transmission in the community is increasing. So there is the need for the general public to take additional precaution measures in preventing transmission and also infection. Over 2,200 COVID patients are currently being treated in hospital, including 12 in intensive care. Nine more patients have died. The government's been urged to explain why it's decided to limit the number of participants at sports events, including staff and contestants, to a maximum of 500 people. Dennis Ng is the executive director of the Hong Kong Association of Athletics Affiliates, which had to cancel its 10-kilometre run in Tin Soi Wai, scheduled for this Sunday, due to the new rule. He said the government should clarify the rule and noted that the organiser of the annual Cross Harbour Swim also said it may have to postpone or cancel this year year's event, scheduled for October, after it was told to cut participation numbers. We may have to ask the government for more details about the policy. Why is it 500 for us and the cross-border swim as well? I'd like to know whether the figure is decided on a case-by-case basis or is it a blanket requirement? I hope the government understands the event will not be held in a small area. We're talking about 10 kilometres on a highway with two to three lanes. It's all outdoors and we believe there will be sufficient ventilation. Severe tropical storm Ma On made landfall in southwest Guangdong just before noon and the Hong Kong Observatory has cancelled all storm signals. The number 8 signal was in effect for about 14 hours overnight until 9.20 this morning, but the SAR was left largely unscathed by the passing storm. Here's Senior Scientific Officer Li Shukming. With the actual track a little bit to the west of the original forecast track, actually Ma On is a little bit further away from Hong Kong. In fact, Ma On was closest to Hong Kong at 3 to 4 a.m. when it skirted at about 190 kilometers to the south-southwest of Hong Kong. People went back to work after the number eight signal was no longer in effect. A commuter commuter surnamed Chow who took the bus says traffic was generally smooth. It turned to number three at around 9.30 so around that time I started to prepare to leave my home to report to duty. I think the transportation has been pretty smooth this morning. The bus I just took is quite crowded but I think like the tunnels the situation has been pretty smooth and I don't see any traffic jams so far. 
Shares here surged 3.6% in a storm-shortened session, buoyed by fresh economic stimulus measures from Beijing and a pause in the yuan's slide. The measures include a new quota of 300 billion yuan in policy bank financing tools and a fresh quota of about 500 billion yuan in local government special bonds. The Hang Seng Index finished 699 points higher at 19,968. Hong Kong's exports have fallen for the third consecutive month, slumping 8.9% in July from a year ago. Shipments to a number of major markets, including the mainland, Japan, Britain and the US, registered double-digit year-on-year declines. Imports fell 9.9% from a year earlier, after rising half a percent on-year in June. A government spokesman said Hong Kong's trade performance will continue to be dragged down by weakening global growth momentum. To the weather forecast, it'll be mainly cloudy with a few showers and isolated squally thunderstorms at first. Sunny intervals tomorrow with temperatures in the region of 27 to 31 degrees and moderate south to southeasterly winds occasionally fresh offshore at first. The outlook becoming mainly fine and very hot over the weekend to early next week. But a few showers in the middle and latter parts of next week. Currently 27 degrees, humidity 87%. You're listening to RTHK. It's exactly five minutes past 11. The DAB party has called on the government to offer more transitional housing to help people currently living in shoddy homes. This was among several ideas the party took to the financial secretary, Paul Chan, and his deputy, Michael Wong, at a meeting today. There are now some 20,000 transitional flats in Hong Kong, and the DAB says the government should double that number to meet public demand. DAB lawmaker Edward Lau says as it's hard to increase public housing supply in the coming five years, transitional flats could fill the gap in the meantime. The government should include transitional housing as part of the work of its newly established Task Force on Public Housing Projects. Such flats should be part of the housing ladder. We hope the government can take over the construction for transitional housing and its allocation. The finance chief and the deputy finance chief said they agree with this. They think there are some merits and said at the meeting they'll work on this. Turning overseas, the number of dead in a Russian rocket attack on a train station in eastern Ukraine has risen to at least 25. The bloodshed comes as Ukraine marks six months of the war with Russia as well as its annual Independence Day. Paul Rogers, professor of peace studies at Britain's Bradford University, told RTHK there may be more missile strikes targeting civilians. For the Russian war planners, it seems to be one of the very few ways in which they can show that they are still very much in the war business is to stage these longer-range missile attacks on, for example, as we've seen this railway station, or cities which are way away from the front lines. The war itself at the front line level in eastern Ukraine and down through to Crimea is really in a, a very unusual state. It's a stalemate, a very violent one, though. Japan's national police chief says he'll resign to take responsibility over the fatal shooting of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe at a campaign speech last month. National Police Agency Chief Itaru Nakamura's announcement came as his agency released a report on how it failed to protect Mr Abe on July the 8th when he was assassinated in Nara in western Japan. The police report found holes in Abe's police protection that allowed the attacker to shoot him from behind. Mr Nakamura spoke at a press conference.
We take it very seriously that former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was shot during his election speech, and that it resulted in the serious outcome of his death. In order to restore the public sentiment, I have told the National Public Safety Commission my intention to resign. Jailed former Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak was back in court today for a second corruption trial over the pilfering of the 1MDB state fund two days after he began a 12-year prison term for graft. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports. The prosecution in this case alleges that nearly $700 million were transferred from the fund to Mr Najib's personal bank account. Until this week, Mr Najib, still an elected member of parliament, had been very active, rallying support around the country for himself and his party. Some feared that the judiciary would balk at putting such a powerful and wealthy figure behind bars, something that's almost unheard of in Southeast Asia. However, on Tuesday, the federal Supreme Court judges stood firm, unanimously rejecting his last-minute efforts to delay the verdict. Thousands of Rohingya refugees have held rallies across a huge network of camps in southeastern Bangladesh, marking five years since fleeing a military offensive in Myanmar. Holding banners and shouting slogans, they demanded a safe return to their homes in Rakhine State. The BBC's Anbarasan Eti Rajan reports. Nearly a million refugees from the mostly Muslim minority live in sprawling camps in the district of Cox's Bazar after fleeing violence in Myanmar. A majority of them came in 2017. The Rohingya are denied citizenship and other rights in Myanmar, where they are seen as illegal immigrants from Bangladesh. Dozens of Rohingya villages were set on fire, and aid agencies estimate thousands were killed in the military's offensive in the Rakhine state. Myanmar denies genocide, saying it was waging a legitimate campaign against insurgents who attacked police posts. Several attempts to repatriate the refugees have failed, with the Rohingya refusing to return without security and rights guarantees. The Pentagon says U.S. military airstrikes in eastern Syria were a message to Iran and Tehran-backed militias that targeted American troops this month and several other times over the past year. Colin Carl, the Undersecretary of Defense, told a media briefing the U.S. airstrikes overnight hit facilities used by militias backed by Iran's paramilitary Revolutionary Guard. The strike was necessary to protect and defend U.S. personnel in Syria, uh, which have been the targets of several recent attacks by Iran-backed uh, uh, militia groups, including the most recent ones on August 15th. Our response was proportionate and precise. Uh, it was designed to minimize the risk of casualties, and it uh, responded to, uh, to the nature of the attacks uh, by Iran-backed militia groups. Uh, we cannot accept uh, further attacks on our personnel. Uh, this operation uh, is a demonstration that the United States will not hesitate to defend itself against Iranian and Iran-backed aggression when it occurs. In the U.S. state of Texas, the Uvalde School District's embattled police chief has been sacked following criticism he didn't order officers to act sooner during the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in May. Nearly 400 officers had rushed to the school but waited more than an hour to confront the 18-year-old gunman in a fourth-grade classroom. The shooting left 19 students and two teachers dead. In a unanimous vote, a school district board of trustees dismissed police chief Pete Arredondo. Parents yelled coward in an auditorium as the meeting, which Mr Arredondo did not attend, got underway. Daniel Myers was at the meeting. If it was one of your children, heads would be rolling right now. But because it's not, you don't care. You are not going to sweep this under the rug. You're not. 
All of you are accountable. Google has said it's working to improve its flight carbon calculator after being criticised by environmentalists for changes, meaning it only takes into account a plane's CO2 emissions. The company had said other factors, such as condensation trails from engines, were too variable. But it says it's working with researchers to better understand their impact on global warming. Campaigners had cautioned that removing other factors from the equation would encourage people to fly more. Doug Parr from the environmental charity Greenpeace said this. Aviation actually has a big climate impact through the emissions of water vapour forming contrails, particulates, nitrogen oxides that come from the burning and so on. So these all contribute in quite complicated ways, admittedly, but nonetheless they contribute in a, in a big way to the climate impact of aviation. Not using them and not adopting them and not saying they're there really airbrushes the impact of aviation somewhat. To sports now, Kobe Bryant's widow has been awarded 16 million US dollars in damages over leaked graphic photos of the helicopter crash that killed the US basketball star and his daughter in 2020. Vanessa Bryant said she had panic attacks after learning images taken by Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies and firefighters had been shared. A federal jury now said the county must pay Mrs Bryant for emotional distress. Co-plaintiff Christopher Chester, who lost his wife and daughter in the crash, will be paid 15 million US dollars. The BBC's Gareth Barlow has more details. A deputy, one of them, shared images of the bodies of Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter at a bar. Another was playing video games at home and sent them to friends. Meanwhile, a stranger was recipient of dozens of images and, and one fire official was at an awards due for various colleagues and shared them at a cocktail hour. And lawyers for Vanessa Bryant detailed how deputies would have had to have gone out of their way to have searched the wreckage site, to have gone down into a ravine to find 13-year-old Gianna's body and take those images. And they say that without the two whistleblowers, this may never have come to light. For her part, Vanessa Bryant left court a very silent and sombre figure today, but during this 11-day hearing, she sobbed as she recalled reading the LA Times article that brought all of this to light. She told jurors that she was blindsided, devastated, hurt and betrayed and that she lived in fear of these images ever appearing on social media. She understandably wants to remember her husband and daughter for who they are and as a result, jurors awarded her $16 million and her co-plaintiff $15 million. In badminton, Hong Kong's Tang Chun Man and Seying Sut have advanced to the mixed doubles quarterfinals of the World Championships in Tokyo. They beat the Singapore pair of Terry He and Jessica Tan 21-10 and 21-15. But both Angus Ng and Lee Chuk Yu of the SAR were beaten in the men's singles round of 16. Ng lost the first game against Lo Kian Yu of Singapore 21-11 and was down 11-4 in the second when he retired. Lee took Chinese Taipei's world number four, Chou Tian Chen, to a third game but came up short in the decider, losing 21-18. And some tennis news just in. Former world number one Novak Djokovic says because he's unvaccinated, he won't be able to travel to New York to compete at the US Open, the last Grand Slam of the year, which begins next week. And that's the news and sport from RTHK.
boy I never really got lonely I never had to play with no toys Cause anytime I'm feeling blue I just look up and see Big old shining moon Was always looking down on me Shining moon Production the Teskey Brothers and a track they called Shiny Moon into our second hour this Thursday night. Dying Embers Friday just around the corner. Welcome to the show with me, Peter King. Looking after you to a one hour. Also including our sentimental journey. <laughs> 